This is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Larder Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. Give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. George Barris, Joji Barris, son there. This is the one, the number one Batmobile. George has owned this car since day one. What can you say about the most recognized and the most popular piece of entertainment history ever? The Batmobile. A cultural icon in every way. And look at the interest here. Look at this. What car in the world can do this? The Batmobile, that's what car can do this. Give him one more round of a proud George Barris, the man that's done so much for all of us. So much great, fun, entertainment, absolutely beautiful. While George makes his way up here, let's talk about what we're dealing with here. The Batmobile by George Barris is the most recognized and popular piece of entertainment history worldwide. This is the first time the original Batmobile has ever been up for sale and includes memorabilia and documentation from George's personal archive. You're buying history and you cannot go wrong and you're going to buy it from George himself. We're selling it on a bill of sale. You're going to have to park it in your bat cave and take it out on crime-fighting missions when you get a chance. Commissioner Gordon's tuned in. He's waiting to see what's going to happen. We got the Catwoman roaming around. I'm sure there's a few jokers out there. I heard the penguin a minute ago. So we got it all going on. George, come on up here, buddy. And George, this represents so much to you, my friend. Tell us about it and why it's so great and why we're here today. Wow. All I can say is one big thing. Thanks to all of you out there. You made our car world famous. I got to thank you. Let me tell you. A little bit about this Batmobile that you don't know. You know how to become a Batmobile? Because I went to 20th Century Fox with Dozier and he wanted a Batmobile. Now how else can we make a Batmobile that would be a Batman? And that was because he had on his script, pow, bang, wow, wee. That means Adam West and Burt Ward they were stars that did things. So I had the Batmobile do the same. Pow, we had rocket tubes come out of the rocket. Out of the back end come chain slicers. Out of the front came oil squirters. That means I made the Batmobile become a star. And that's why it's so important today is the first car that became a star. Let's, let's start you selling this. You can see how excited uh, I get. It's a Back up just a little cow, bit. Batman. We also... 
Right here, David, a hundred thousand dollars bid. Habit of a two. Habit of a two, two, two. Habit of a two, two, three. Habit of a three hundred thousand four. Habit of a four, five. Habit of a five hundred, six hundred thousand dollar. Habit of a seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand, nine, one million dollar. Habit of a million one. Habit of a million one, million five, habit of a one. Habit of a million one, two. Habit of a million two, two. I need some volume, please. Habit of a two, three. Habit of a million three. Habit of a million three. Habit of a two, three. Habit of a four. Habit of a million four. Habit of a million five. Habit of a million six. Habit of a five, six, seven. Habit of a million seven, million eight. Habit of a one million eight hundred thousand dollar. Habit of a million seven, one million eight. Habit of a eight, 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 eight million nine. Habit of a million nine. Habit of a two million dollars. Habit of a two million dollar. Habit of a two million dollars. Habit of a two million one. Habit of a two million one, two. Habit of a two million two. Two million two, 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 two million two. Habit of a two million two. Habit of a two million two, two, two. Habit of a two million two. Habit of a two million one. Habit of a two million two. Habit of a two million. Two, 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 three. Habit of a two million, two, two million, three. Holy cow, Batman! Two million, two, three. Habit of a two million, eight. You got a Mitchell? Habit of a two million, eight. Habit of a seven, eight. Habit of a two million, eight hundred thousand dollars. Now two million, eight. I have. Habit of a two million, eight hundred. All the documents go with the car. All the documents, all the provenance go with the car, Spanky. Habit of a two million, three million dollars. Habit of a three million. Let's go for three. Three million. Three million dollars. Three million one, three million two, three million two. The most iconic car in the world. Hey, hey, y'all bet, y'all scream at four million, but you don't scream at four million one, one. Now two. Habit of a four million two. Habit of a one two two two. Habit of a two. Habit of a two. Habit of a two. Habit of a two. Four million two. Four million two. Four million two. Four million two. Back up the crowd here. Three. Back up the crowd here. Everybody back. We need to be able to see the bidders. Habit of a four million three. Four million three and a half. Is that it? Four million two. Four million three. Ladies and gentlemen, I sold the Batmobile for four million two hundred thousand dollars. Come here. George, thank you. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire, host of Car Crazy Television, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, race fans, car fans all over the world, uh, you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert, the host with the most, and yes, you're right, tonight's special guest is and will be George Barris, the king of the custom car. Boy, I'll tell you what, run to your computer real quick and Google Tantalk1340.com, you can see us live on the internet. Be sure to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Also, if you've missed any of our past shows, go to our podcast on our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, and you can hear a lot of the really cool shows that we've had and many of the great interviews with many of the great automotive legends. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. And yes, we do have a radio giveaway. I have a couple tickets, okay, to the 13th caller, 13th count it, 1, 13, okay, to the Muscle Car Nationals at uh, Brady's Motorsports Park next weekend, okay? We gave away some tickets last week for the uh, Mustang Nationals at uh, Brady's Motorsports. Now, not this weekend, next weekend we've got tickets. So I've got two sets of tickets. Actually, the 11th and the 13th caller. Look at that, the phone's ringing already. It never ceases to amaze me. Anyway, so I've got two sets of tickets to go to the Muscle Car Nationals at Brady's Motorsports, okay? So that's our radio giveaway for tonight. I may have some more next week, okay? So, wow, I'll tell you what, what a weekend, what a weekend. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. You know, I got to tell you, I spent most of the weekend up in Amelia Island. What an amazing event. I mean, the auctions up there were incredible. Again, record numbers at the Gooding Auction, record numbers at the uh, uh, RM Auction, just incredible stuff, amazing cars, very interesting, very fascinating people. And like I've said before, if there is a car show in the eastern part of the United States that you need to participate in, it is the Amelia Island Concourse. 
that whole weekend is just amazing. Of course, Sunday, the concourse, the cars were incredible. My hat's off to Bill Warner. Bill Warner does an amazing job. This gentleman is truly a car enthusiast and just has the most eclectic group of cars that show up, not to mention the fine classics, the sports cars, the race cars. And then this year they had a special class called What Were They Thinking? And there were some very, very unusual cars. So if you want to find out more about it, visit their website, AmeliaIslandConcourse.com, and you can get all the details. Matter of fact, if you check our website out, I haven't uploaded all the pictures yet, but I will be uploading all the pictures to Amelia Island and the whole weekend festivities this weekend. Also, our friends uh, Joe Sabatini and Mike Flynn put on a stunning show at uh, the Amelia Omni Resort there, Festivals of Speed. It was a great turnout, a ton of cars, very, very good show. Probably one of the best events for Festivals of Speed that I've been to. So my hat's off to uh, Joe Sabatini and Mike Flynn. As a matter of fact, Mike is putting on the Palm Beach Auto Auction next weekend at the Palm Beach County Convention Center. Actually, it's hollywoodcarauctions.com. So we'll probably be down there. There's another auction going on in Fort Lauderdale. It's Auctions of America, which is an affiliate of RM. So there's a ton of stuff going on next weekend. Next weekend is also Billetproof. Billetproof takes place. That's the Hot Rod Show up at uh, Ocala at uh, Don Garlitz's facility. And of course, the most important thing, the St. Pete Grand Prix next weekend. Okay, so there's just a lot, a lot of stuff going on. At any rate, we're going to take a commercial break because we're going to get our guests on here in a short short. And right after the commercial, I might make another announcement too. And then we're going to really have a fun time with our special guests. I have been looking so forward to this gentleman for so many years. You know, growing up in Northern California, all I did, you know, is read about him, see the cool cars running around. I mean, he single-handedly basically uh, put the custom car industry on the map. So, Excuse me, sir. Yes. It's the back phone. <laughs> To the Batballs. To the Batmobile. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hi, this is Jay Leno, and you're listening to my favorite, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome back to the 
great film, folks. This is our Batman reunion. And I must say, there was a cast member that was in every show that, uh, that was not, well, he was not a real person, but he was the Batmobile, and this is the creator, George Barris, of the Batmobile. Now, George, there are, or there used to be, five Batmobiles that would tour, but this is the one that was the real one? This was the, actually the stunt car. Okay. There were five cars, and they were actually built off of the Lincoln Pute. Uh, Proto Futura. Okay. Everybody thought it was a Chrysler or a Pontiac or something with big fins, but actually it was a proto car. It was an experimental car. It Did you ever, ever have any trouble with the car when you were filming series? Well, we had a little trouble every once in a while. I kind of would pull a little jokes on both Adam and Bert, and I'd, I'd switch the switches around. Uh -huh. So they'd jump in the car, and one time he jumped in the car and says, Robin, turn on the anti-theft control, and he pushes a button, and then boom, it blows a smoke bomb in him, and they had a heck of a time getting out of the car. <laughs> Well, that was beautiful, and I don't know if you invented the bat turn or not, but that was my favorite part of the show. Hey, y'all, what do you get when you cross Suzanne Summers and Goldie Hawn? You get Linda Vaughn, and I'm listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Why don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest of the evening. This gentleman is probably the most renowned personality in the custom car world. Having built cars like the Monsters Coach, the Monkey Mobile, the Beach Boys Deuce, the Beverly Hillbillies, and most importantly, the most famous car in the world, the Batmobiles. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening, George Barris. George, are you there? I'm here. I'm so happy to hear your voice and all the... All your many, many listeners is going to hear some cute little stories that I got to tell you that's going to be able to be a nice shock and exciting for you. Well, good. So where do you want to start? Tell us about your first car. What was your first car and what got you into the business? Well, what started me up, I had a 32 Ford, and I put a set of, I was 14 years old, and I put a set of cat-eyed taillights in it, and I made $10. I said, boy, I'm going to be rich doing customizing. But I learned that when I took the name Custom, I didn't like C, so I took the C off, and I threw it away, and I put K, K for custom, K-U-S-T-O-M. But I didn't make, I made one mistake. I should have went to an attorney and got it trademarked, because everybody now is using the word customs with a K. Even in school, I don't think they teach it with a C anymore. Well, it's, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. One of your former employees, uh, you probably remember him, his name was Dan Dembski. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, yeah, I remember Dan very well. Well, yes. Dan... Good quality craftsmanship. Yeah, well, he's from uh, your hometown, Chicago, and uh, he's he's he was on my show. But anyway, his place was called Custom Automotive with a K. So he robbed the yeah. K from you, also. Yep, yep. Well, him and many other guys. <laughs> I don't I don't know of any custom shop now that calls himself Custom with a C. <laughs> well, interesting. Okay, so then what was your next car that you did? Well, then I thought he did a thirty-six Ford, which is the first car that I was really be able to leave Northern California and go on into to uh, Los Angeles, and I come downtown here to L.A., and it was wild. I had a Carson top, I had Pontiac lights, I had full fadeaway fenders. It was pretty pretty well knocked out, and I started drag racing in Culver City, and when we drag raced in Culver City, you drag straight, you, you raced for titles. That means if you lost, you lost your car. So we would take off, all of us guys, and we'd go out to the, the Sepulveda up in the hill, and we'd line up the cars, and the two kids that choo choose themselves off, they would go, and they boom, we'd give them the flag, and up the road they would go. Now, these guys are racing for their cars. They're doing 120 miles an hour. We got 50 cars lined up, music going, everybody's out there dancing. The only problem was that there was six sets of red lights coming up the other way. That means da-da-da-da-da. It wasn't Batman either. It was the police department, and we had to really take off and get away from here and run. Wow! Now, when you first started custom cars, you were already in, you were already in California then, right? So, uh, no, I started customizing in Sacramento, Roseville, and went up and down the coast, Stockton, Modesto, uh, all around through there. That's where I learned. In fact, I went to school in Roseville. And they kicked me out because I wanted to do custom cars. And what they want me to learn is to make drain pipes. I said, I don't want to make drain pipes. I want to make custom cars. Then I went to San Juan. And then they, I said, I want to design cars. They had me doing flowers. I said, I quit. I'm out of here. 
So I hung around a, a body shop over uh, next to the railroad track, and they threw me a couple of fenders and showed me how to light on the cylinder torch and said, all right, kid, go to it. Start shaping it. And that's the way I learned is to take and do everything on my own alongside the railroad track. Now, your brother Sam, he was involved. He was kind of a car enthusiast, too. So kind of what role did he play? Did you guys kind of work together, or were you the lead well, guy? Well, Sam went into the service uh, when we first got out of school, and I went and, of course, finished customizing and went down to L.A. After he got out of the service, he come down to L.A. and joined me, and he was a craftsman. It just seemed like to be a natural. He would he would dive into a car, and he then he even bought the first 49 Merc and whacked the top within five We didn't even have five miles on the car. And we're whacking the top and, and changing the fenders and everything. And that's how he started, and he loved it so well. But he didn't like L.A., so he went back to our hometown in, in Sacramento and Roseville, and that's where, regretfully, he finally finished his life. Well, now, when the custom car thing was going on, how much competition did you have back in those days? Oh, we had some great guys. We had, uh, well, we had uh, Joe Balon, and he was up in, in uh, Oakland. We had Winfield down in Modesto. We had uh, the guy in, in Newport. We had a bunch of great, great guys. And I was very fortunate to, when I went into Linwood after leaving the uh, street of L.A., I went into Linwood, one of the suburbs suburban town. I got some other talented guys like Dean Jeffries. He come in and he says, I want a pinstripe. I said, all right, kid, go to it. And he was one of the pinstripers that pinstriped and did some work on, along with Von Dutch, that did the James Dean car. And then we had Junior, which is the house of color. And he come in when he had a pair of sandals. And I said, here's a, here's a wooden block and here's some sandpaper. Get over and block the car. Boom, boom, boom. He now gets to do cars for Pebble Beach, to paint them $1 million. So you can see he is a talented, talented craftsman. And so I was very fortunate to have guys like that, that many of them that were part of our staff. Well, there was another gentleman that used to work for you back in the day who also ultimately went to work for, did some work for Craig Breedlove and also Carol Shelby, and that was Tweedy. Tweedy's an old friend of ours, so... Tell us a uh, little Tweedy, story about Tweedy. Yeah, yeah, Tweedy was a good kid. He was, and uh, we had a lot of the, a lot of the good guys. I'm, it's hard to remember them all because we were doing so many great cars, and we had a big team whacking away on these Batmobiles because I only had 15 days, and uh, so that's why we used the Lincoln Futura, is because I was on the Ford Custom Car Caravan and I toured around for Ford with Iacocco, and he would give me their concept cars for one dollar. And that means I was able to take that car and use it for different movies and TV. And in this case, when Dozier came to me, which was an exciting thing, he comes and he says, we want to make a Batmobile. Are you interested? I said, sure. But I said, I got to see your script. I went over to the studio and I looked at his his script. And it went pow, bang, wow. I said, wait a minute. If you're going to have Batman and Robin doing pow, bang, and wop, I'm going to have the car do the same thing. Pow, I'd shoot out rocket tools. Bang, I'd have out oil squirters and chain slicers. So every time he did that with Batman and Robin, I'd do it with the car. And I guess that's why the car became a star, because it was a star. It acted like a star. It was a people car. And that was the biggest thing we had. We said, if we're going to do Batman... Batman and Batmobile has got to be a people car, and that's what made it famous. So how many cars total did they make, or did you make, of the Batmobile? We made five cars that were film cars and two cars that went out on tour. The five cars that we made, which was film cars, that means the stunt car had to be different than the, than the hero car. The the car that we used at night, we used bat fuzz on it so it wouldn't be glossy. Then we had a, a race car. We didn't want to use the, the concept car for a race car. And uh, so we had cars for each section. And, of course, coming out of the Batcave was exciting and Adam would come out of the Batcave with that Batmobile several times. So we were going to pull a joke on him one day. We took the opening of the Batcave and we brought it together. So they said, okay, Adam, go for it. He comes come barreling out of the cave, 
and both front fenders, he hit the side of the cave. Ooh. He gets out of the car, and he says, you know, George, I went so many times in and out of that cave. I never had any trouble. I don't, I, I can't, I said, okay, I got to confess. We shrunk the cave. <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor Adam, he says, that was a dirty trick to do on me. <laughs> the the car that you used, the one that just sold uh, at Barrett here just past uh, winter, um, for four point two million, I played a little clip of it earlier in the show uh, uh, of the the auction, and I was there. Why did you sell that car? I mean, it had been in your, your it's been your car for so long. You know, I mean, was it very difficult to part with that car? Because I'm sure there was an emotional tie to that car. Right. It was a family decision. Mm-hmm. We all decided we've had it here in our showroom for years. The only time a person could see it or do anything would be that maybe come in here and walk around or something. So we decided we'd be best to let other people join the car. But that auction was undoubtedly the most extravagant, most unique auction in the history. I've been to a lot of Barrett Jackson and Meekham and all those guys' auction. But there it was. When we were bringing the car around, it took us two hours. People wouldn't let us move the car to get it up to the podium. And then when we finally got it to the podium, you know what what happened there? Everybody's jumping up and down and screaming and that that. And then when it come to the to where it got to four million two hundred, two men were bidding, and they were right up in the front, and they were next to each other, and they looked at each other, and they said, "You know what? It'll never stop. Let's flip a coin to see who's going to get the car." So here's two men bidding up to $5 million for a car, and they had no money. <laughs> so they had to go next door and borrow a 25-cent piece so they could flip the coin <laughs> to see who got it. And this young man who has a trunking company, he said, George, I wanted to let you know when we went up in the podium, I was determined to beat that, win that car. I already opened up my front and side of the house, I cleared all my furniture out of my living room, and that's where it's going to go, into the living room. That is probably the most serious Batman fan on the planet, would yeah, you say? Right. And, we, of course, we broke the Guinness Book of Records. Hooray! We beat, we beat out, we beat out <laughs> Goldfinger and, and their, uh, their, the car that they built. Uh, we beat them out by two four uh, four hundred thousand dollars. So we're thr- thrilled to be here here in U.S. to have the Guinness Book of Record with the Batmobile. That's an amazing story. You know, when I was a kid, I was because uh, I, I grew up in Northern California. I'm from Marin County, and uh, oh, good, yes. So you know, I could wait to get home to watch Batman on Wednesday nights. Matter of fact, they'd have a Batman, and then always right afterwards, they'd say, "Stay tuned, same bat channel, same bat station." You know, and then they'd run a second show right after it. You know, on yeah, on Wednesday yeah. nights. But and I had tons of models. I had uh, the Corgi toys. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, you know, as a kid growing up there, I, I used to read Car Model Science and a lot of the other Hot Rod magazines and Model Car magazines. And I used to build a lot of AMT three-in-one kits. And you were always on those kits. AMT, MPC, Revell, all good model cars. In fact, Mattel or Hot Wheels last week sent me to to Las Vegas to get my award for having a toy that sold more cars than any other toy in history. So that was another record we got. Wow, and that was the Batmobile? Batmobile. Absolutely incredible. That is super. Well, now, you did some other cars. Tell us about the Monkey Mobile. How many Monkey Mobiles were there, and where's the original? The Dean Jeffries, who worked for me, he was the first designer. And we had Dick Dean, who worked for me also, went over to his shop and built the car. Okay. The studio got a hold of me and said, George, we got to have a drive car. We can't have just one car. So they had me do number two car, and Dick Dean was still working for me. We built number two car, and I sold it to a man in uh, Chicago who tours all over the United States with the original Monk- Monkey Mobile that we've had, and it, it draws a lot of great people because it was a fun car. The Beverly Hillbillies. Tell us a little bit about that car, how that came to fruition. Oh, another great story. I mean, a, a studio called me from Beverly Hills. They said, we want you to build a jalopy. 
I said, where am I going to find a jalopy in Beverly Hills? So I go out the number 12 freeway. I'm going towards San Bernardino. And I noticed an old feed store over to the left-hand side. I run off the freeway going. There was an old uh, old uh, Dodge was in there. And the guy was a four-door, and he cut the back out of it, and he made it into a hay hauler. So I took pictures of it because it had dented fenders, and it was rusted, and it was really it was really a jalopy. I run back to the studio, and I show it to my producers. Oh, George, that's great. That's what we want. That's what we want. Max Bear Jr. was there, and he was one of the drivers. He says, but you got one problem. I said, what's that? you got to put a rocking chair on the back for old granny. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. What do you think set you apart? from all the other customizers in California at the time, particularly in the L.A. area, that gave you the opportunity to do all those custom cars for so many TV shows and movies? Well, I guess because I really had a great team. I had a team that could do things I wanted. And every time I would look at a project, I would take the time to study it, figure it out, see what's going to be the best for that project for what they're going to do with it. I don't care if it's a race cars. I don't care if it's a hot rod. I'm the only person that has won the Grand America's Most Beautiful Roadster four times, two times in a row together. Nobody's ever won AMBR other than just once. We had it four times. That shows you the difference that we did. But I was a believer in one thing. When I build a hot rod... Today, all they do is take a 32 Ford, 32 Ford grill and peanut headlights. I can't stand that. I said, if you're going to change a car, make it look right, make it look great. But you don't have to have a, uh, a peanut headlights. And I learned that a hard way because when I did my first 53 Ford pickup, I put four headlights on it. I got two headlights from a, from a tractor. And I'm out the 101 freeway, and cops pulling me over. You're not allowed to have four headlights. Here's your ticket. Uh, okay. I said, well, they don't work. I don't care. Get them off. So I had to take them off. Then in 1970, I did my Lincoln Bugazi, and I didn't like the way the taillights were. So I took a set of LED lights, and I put it stretched a strip across the back window. Now, that means when you put on the brakes, your LED lights would brighten up in the back window, and people could see you're putting the brakes on. I go out back out on the freeway again. Highway patrols on me again. Bong! You're not allowed to have a third brake like Here's your ticket again. I said, you might as well keep me in jail for crying out loud. Every time I put out a car, you guys tell me it can't be done. Of course, today, yeah, everything's being done. Now, on those, on the, some of the other cars that you did, what was one of the first cars that you customized that you won an award for? One of the first cars? Yeah, was it a 40, 51 Merc, or was it, uh, was it a 29 Ford pickup truck? The 29 Ford was one of the first ones. Okay. And then Sam's Merc, which was my brother's Merc, his was one of the first ones because it was the first chopped 49 okay. Merc. And then had the Hirohata Merc become the uh, the Grand National winner. It, it it is the number one chop Mercury in the world, and that was from Bob Hirohata. And even to today, wherever it goes, it's always the Hirohata Mercury that is the ultimate of what everybody wants to follow. Now you did a number of cars for a number of celebrities, uh, most notably the Beach Boys. You did the Deuce for them, and so. How did that all come about? I mean, did you, did, after doing one or two cool cars, did the celebrities just kind of walk in there and say, hey, look, I, want, I mean, obviously the, the Sonny and Cher cars is another one that's very well known. The, uh, some of the cars that you did for Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis. Tell us about some of those cars. Well, the movie industry was very interesting because especially with the fact that the celebrities all wanted cars, but each one of them, was, there was, there's always a great story. Now, there was a young man I was doing a limousine for. That young man would come into the shop to inspect the car as we were working it. He'd go to my men. I had 20 men working for me. And he'd say, Mr. Tubbs, how you feeling today? He'd go to Mr. Tony, how you doing today? Mr. Joe, how's your 14-year-old? Every person that he talked to in my 20 people, he'd call him sir or he'd call him mister. And then he'd come in and talk to me. And that young man was Elvis Presley. Wow. 
to show you what kind of a guy he was. He was just absolutely wonderful. But Sonny and Cher was a little bit of a different thing. I mean, I got a call from Ford. I got a call from the studio from Sonny. He says, we're doing a, 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 a movie called Good Times. This is fine. And Iacocco gave me a Mustang to customize. Shirley and I went over to the house, and we got to talking to Cher and Sonny. And I said, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. I said, what color do you want, Sherry? She says, I want hot pink, and I want white white pink, white fur upholstery. Sonny says, I ain't going to drive no white pink Mustang. So I said, don't worry about it. I'll make a his and hers. I call Iacocca. Boom, I had another Mustang there the next day, and I put wild colors on it and, and stuff that looked like it come out of the jungle so that they could have the his and hers Mustangs. Wow. The Munstermobile. Tell us about the Munstermobile and Grandpa's Coffin. Well, the whole Munsters was like Batman. It was a show of its own. When I went over to the studio to look at it at Universal, they had an old hearse there. And I said, well, look at this family you got. You got Al Lewis, you got Fred Gwynn, Al Lewis, and Yvonne DiCarlo, and Pat Priest, and da, da, da. So I run home. I got a hold of Shirley. We photographed a 1925 Model T. I went and got developed them, and I got my scissors out, and I started cutting them apart, and I made a six-door Model T, put a hole back on the back of the back, so Bush Patrick could sit up there, red velvet upholstery, I had casket handles, lanterns, and then I put six, eight carburetors on there. Now, everybody looked at that and says, George, there's 94 carburetors. How can all eight of those carburetors? I said, I don't want to tell you, because, but only two of them work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can see we always have a, a great, great story about everything that we had to do that was good. And, of course, the casket car was another one. I mean, Al Lewis had to have a race car. So I said, well, I'm going to, for you, because you're, you're, you're that type of a character, I'm going to make a casket car. So I go to the funeral hall, and I said, hey, I want to buy that casket. They said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I'm going to use it for TV. I hate TV. Boom, he wouldn't sell it to me. I went to another one. I said, what are you going to do, what are you going to, do with that car? I said, I want to make a custom car. Man. I ain't going to sell it to him. Boom, got rid So I went to the third place. I said, hey, guys, we're not going to go for this. I just turned the guy around, opened up an envelope, started putting money in it. My guys picked it up and literally walked out the door to steal it because they wouldn't sell it to me. And now today, you can go to Costco and buy one for 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> of... Of all the cool cars that you did, okay, in your career, and let's just say it's been a very long and very good career, very cool career, what was your, which car means the most to you? Of all the cars that you did, which car really, besides the Batmobile now, okay, which car really kind of is like deep down in your heart? Well, I did so many things. I, I kind of liked the one I did for Bo Derek called the Barrister. The Barrister Corvette had gold-going doors, and it was really a cool car. I kept it. I got it here in my showroom. And and one thing that was really good, uh, along with Bo Derek, my wife Shirley worked with us, and now today we're a family-run business. My daughter runs the company. My son is doing a book on me, Brett. We call him Uncle Brett. He's doing a book. He's been working two years going through all of my photos. And... and Jared, the grandson, he just finally finished his first project. He went to Ford. We went to Iacocco, and not Iacocco. We went to Ford, and and uh, Bo Bachman at Galpin Ford, and he designed the first bat pickup, which has got certain designs, but it's got to be a pickup that's got to be driven on the street and be affordable and available. Now, here is my 21-year-old grandson starting out like I did, learning the hard way. And they lambed on him. you got to cut these fins down. you got to do this. you got to make it different. you got to put a stripe here. And you got to make it affordable, and you got to make it available. And that young man is doing that right now, and that's one of the things we enjoy is because even in the old days, it was family, and today it's the same way. It's family. There was an episode here not too long ago where the Mike and Frank from Pickers was on your show. Or they were you were on their show actually. They stopped by your studio in LA there and they acquired some very rare drawings, some early drawings of the Batmobile, 
Tell us a little bit about those, and are there any of those renderings left, any other ones that you have? Well, I would always make several different variations in renderings. Mm -hmm. The ones that they liked was available, but I still always had a backup of other ones. Okay. The part that interests me the most is the car that they decided that they wanted. Another coffin car, a Ratula, okay, made out of wood, and they no doors open or nothing. They jumped in that car and started it. Belonged to my son Brett. And they started to crank up the engine, and what did they do? They burn out of our driveway going down Riverside Drive, smoking rubber out of the back of that Ratula, and they can turn and come back again and say, we got to have that car, we got to have that car. And we used it partly on the Munsters, too, as a backup type of a casket car, but it was totally different. It was like those old wood caskets, you know, they were in the old days. Uh-huh. And and my, my son did that one, and so that... That was enjoyable to be with them because they were kind of guys that were really comfortable. They they loved doing things. They enjoyed seeing things. They enjoyed talking to you about it. They were like they were they were also like family. They they made you feel that what they're going to give to the people and expose to the people is what you're all going to enjoy. What was one of the wildest, the craziest, most like I can't believe I got to do this projects that you ever did? Well, I did. I had one. A woman had a, a, a florist shop in Phoenix, Arizona. She says, I want a car that I can use in a parade. I said, that's fine. I'd be glad to do it. I drew up a drawing. I made it the car, made it look like flowers because she had a florist shop, all different colors and fins and not bad fins and everything. But she had it where the driver was like a chauffeur. He sat down in the front seat. I elevated her seat up behind him. And she sat up way up on top of the car. And as she's going through the parade, she waves at people, which was great. I thought it was a great idea until I finally found out what she did. She had the driver in the middle. She sat above him, and she straddled him, uh, his head and everything, uh, and um, regretfully, she had a pair of short uh, skirts, but no panties. Uh-oh. I said, that's it. <laughs> no way. From now on, whenever I do a car, I've got to be able to know where it's going, what it's going to do. I've got to have that. I let them design it, and I said, I won't let nobody design anything again unless I'm there. No more panty cars for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back in time a little. Let's go back into the 50s. Now, uh, one of your good friends and a friend of mine who's been on the show a few times, Joel Bortz, um, wanted me to talk to you and ask you about the Jim Seaton car, the 55 Chevrolet. Tell us a little bit about that car, because evidently back in the day, and Joe was telling me the story, so you tell us too, that when you built a custom car for somebody, you named the car after the person you built the car for. Yes, in this case... Uh, Seton was from up in, in the middle part of, of California, and he had a '55 Chevy, which was which was which was really nice, but didn't, wasn't exciting. And he said, "I want something exciting so that I can take to shows and everything." And this is when we did that car. And uh, of course, uh, Bortz, who is a big car collector, he's got all the concept GM cars, and he and uh, he's had it for years and years, and it's still white pearl and. I'm looking at a photo of it right now. I got vertical grill bars and a two horizontal uh, bumpers and uh, bullet headlights. And uh, Bortz is a wild man, and I, I enjoy him. And he's, he's out of Chicago, my, my good old hometown. Now, and there's another car um, that's coming up for sale here at an auction that a friend of mine's doing. It's called at the Palm Beach Auto Auction next week. And it's the Evil Knievel Cadillac Seville you turned into an El Camino. Yeah, we worked on that with Evil. With Evil, both Evil and his son was the participants. They're the ones who designed most of it, and we made it for him. <laughs> and we did other cars for Evil. He's, he's another car, car bug, especially when he did that big jump in Vegas. And, <laughs> boy, he ran into that building just about killed himself. And uh, So it, it's a, it was a fun project. We enjoyed working with him, whether it was a motorcycle or a car. Tell us a little bit about some of the other celebrities that used to walk in that wanted some unusual cars. I mean, I know you did a car for John Wayne, and 
Well, tell us a little bit about James Dean. Let me tell you about the Duke. Okay, tell us about the Duke. Duke. He was at Universally. He says, I don't want to have to stoop over to get in my motor car. He says, I want to slide right in. Now, that's the way he would talk to me. So as you can see, he was really a cool Western guy. Uh So I went and got him a Pontiac station wagon from John DeLorean out out of General Motors. And I raised the roof six inches, and I raised the door openings three inches. So I called him, hey, Duke, I got your car ready. So he come down here from during lunchtime, and he jumps in the car, and he comes out. here. George, you're the greatest. I don't have to stoop over to get in my motor car anymore. I can slide right in. And that's what made him a happy camper. In fact, we're finishing right now restoring for his ex-wife the number two car. We did four wagons for him. Every year was a wagon. Interesting, interesting. A couple other ones that are kind of interesting. We got, I, I guess you all heard about Bob Hope. Okay. And, and Bob Hope, uh, he was always at the golf club. Okay. And he loved the golf. I made a golf cart with a five-foot ski jump nose for him. Okay. Loved it. Bing Crosby comes to me and he says, if you're going to do one of those for him, you got to make one for him. And he always smoked a pipe. So I had to put a five-foot pipe for his uh, golf cart just to show you how if one does one and another one does one. So they had to try to outdo each other then, huh? Right, right, right. Even even John Travolta, uh, he brings his, his, uh, his uh, Camaro in here, and he didn't know how to shift it. And we had a five-speed in it. So I had to teach him how to drive a five-speed Camaro so he could smoke rubber down the street. This is the idea that the celebrities, many of them did. And, but, but you know who were the best group I had the most fun with? Oh. The Rat Pack. Really? Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Elvis Presley. No, man, I always forget. I always forget. But Sam Davis and da, da, da. Well, Frank come in with his, his, uh, his car one morning. He says, George, I don't like people looking at me when I'm driving down the street. He said, can you black out the windows? I said, well, hey, wait a minute. You know, you, you, you can't. If Frank Sinatra says black out the windows, you black out the windows. Big as heck, the next morning he comes in and then in the showroom, and he comes in, taps me on the shoulder. He says, you know what, George? I says, what there? He says, you were right. I couldn't see an effing thing last night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can see every one of these celebrities that I'm talking to you about, they've got so many great stories, and your many listeners can click into our family, com website, and you'll learn a lot about the many stories that we've done. If If you walked in my showroom, it'll probably take you about maybe 15, 20 days to even look at the photos before you even get to the movie. I mean, I did Out of Sight, Disco Fever, Super Van, Mag Wheels, The Van, Smokey in the Van, Gone in 60 Seconds, Junkman, Fireball 500, Thunder Charger, you name it. Wow, that's we enough. built cars for every one of those many different great movies. That's an amazing resume. Well, speaking of movies, now you're on a TV show called Car Warriors with uh, Jimmy Shine. Tell us how that's working out. That was great. We had Jimmy Shine and, and Mad Mike and myself, which we went ahead and did the first group of shows. And it was very interesting because a lot of the guys were, you know, they only had so many, 72 hours to do a car or 54 or whatever they wanted to do. They had two segments of shows. And I go to him. We had one guy as a striper. He did a Mustang. I gave the award to another guy, and the guy said, "Well, I don't know why you gave it to him. Why?" I says, "Because you lost 14 points for what?" I said, "Look at your striping." He said, "Well, I had to stripe that hood off the car." I said, "When did you ever learn to stripe that you don't stripe the hood off the car and the fender off the car, and you figure you're going to be able to match them? It ain't going to happen. You lost 14 points." So I, I had a lot of fun doing those two shows because we were able to tell them what they did wrong and why they did wrong. And even a guy in New York, he come over here and he brought in a Cadillac and. He got mad. He was going to sue the studios. At Barris, he didn't give us the award. We deserved the award. It's okay. I told the attorneys, let me talk to him. I went over and talked to him. I says, okay. I said, look at your paint. Oh, yeah. Well, we painted it black. I says, but it's dull and it's scratchy. Well, we didn't have enough real time to really polish it out. You lost 18 points. And if you want to take the time, you do it the right way. Boom, I raised the hood. I said, where's the inner panels? Well, we, we didn't have time for that. We didn't think it was important. Everything is important. It lost another 14 points. I opened the door. I said, look at your upholstery. 
your pleats got wrinkles in it. When do you ever put wrinkles in pleats? I said, you lost another 22 points. Let's go open Jeez. up the trunk. Open up the trunk. Boom. I looked at the, uh, the sound system, and it was just sticking in there. After I added all the points, they come to me and said, George, we apologize. You were right. We didn't deserve it. And we were proud to say that you, you explained to us why. Wow. We got a few minutes left. The Of the car customizers in today's world, who do you think's got the most potential or who do you, who do you, who do you, who do you like the best or who do you give a lot of credit to? And I don't want, I don't want to, you don't have to pick anybody like, oh, that's the greatest. I know how that is. You don't want to be, you know, but, but who, 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 who do you uh, really think's got a lot of, does, well, does some really great work? there's a lot of great guys out there. There's a lot of good collectors like Augustino and Zoki and all these guys, but there's a young man that when he started out, he was like me. His father had a custom shop. He worked his, took us off to make enough money to send his son to Art Center. Okay. And he went to Art Center and learned how to design cars correctly. And to me, today, he's the number one customizer. And that young man is, is uh, Chip Boose. Okay. There's another guy just coming in from New York, from New York, and he's a chop job wizard. And he is another number two man. And his name is Chop It. Chop <laughs> so it? you got some great kids out there that are doing things that I respect because they do it the right way. We don't. Sm- we have a rule. When I had my clubs in my club that we had for customizing and hot rods, I had a five point rule. None of us smoked. None of us drank. And we hated drugs. But we allowed ourselves two bad habits: cars and girls. Okay, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. The <laughs> <laughs> So you can see we've had a wonderful time in our life. Anybody that deals with cars are going to be a wonderful person and they're going to enjoy it. The ones that don't do it the right way, they're going to learn the hard way then. Do you think the industry has got a lot of potential down the road? Do you see a lot of younger kids getting into the hobby, the industry? Very very much so. A lot of the young kids are coming into it. I, 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 of course, like I said, I, I went to high school, got kicked out of school because they didn't have any classes. That school now has an auto class. I got another auto class I'm supporting in New York with Andy Pandy. He's opened up in a certain section of, of New York that the city politicians have let him have, and he's teaching them how to customize for free. I mean, they come in here, you, they're adaptable. He will, and his tr- staff will t- teach him how to do it. And we love that because we're giving them an opportunity to learn something. They don't have to have $2 million to learn it. All they got to do is be, well, I got a, I got a, a way that I look at everything. As I told my grandson when he started, I said, if there is a will, there is a way. So do it. Absolutely. Well, George. I'm here. Okay. Would you be, would you be willing to come on the show again sometime? Because I have a lot more questions for you. Well, I'd sure love to do it. You can see, I could. I, next time I, you, you call me to do it on the show, I'm going to kind of walk around the walls. And pick <laughs> okay. Many celebrities that you will absolutely crack up. Okay. As I tell you stories about them. Tell you, tell your listeners. Click into our okay. website, Maris.com. You'll see what our family is doing. You'll see what our grandsons doing. What our people are doing. For the wonderful world of cars. Super. All right, I want to thank my special guest this evening for just spending some time with us. George Barris, the king of customizing. Meanwhile, everybody else, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. We'll see you at some of the car shows and tune in next week. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And be sure to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. Until next week, same bad station, same bad channel.